1: What's shaking, Daniel? Got
0: it in there. Yeah, you sure did. Now you get to answer.
1: Somebody said in a comment, which I really enjoyed, they said, every time I hear, what's shaking, Daniel, it uh, makes me smile. And if we can make people smile, that is fantastic. So keep those comments coming. That was a comment that I found on iTunes. Can you comment on Spotify? I don't think so. That doesn't work that way?
0: It's been a while since I've listened to podcasts on Spotify, but I don't know if you can even rate them on Spotify. Interesting.
1: Uh, Give us a comment or give us a review, five-star review, please. Uh, That would be helpful. We are really looking to grow the podcast. (laughs) If you've listened or binged the podcast, you you know. I mean, this isn't – and this is not like some – what is it called? A humble brag. This isn't like, yeah, look at all that we did, and we didn't really mean to. No, we really just started producing content, and uh, it took off like wildfire. And it's been fantastic. The comments, the feedback, the emails, it's wonderful. It's very motivating. It keeps us going, allowed us to go to three shows, uh, allowed us to make a financial commitment even within our uh, own enterprise. So our podcast is now sponsored by Jewel Financial. And the reason for that is, I mean, candidly, we get we get sponsorship opportunities all the time. Average downloads on podcast for DIY money is around 10000 an episode. That is in the top one percent of all podcasts. I realize there's outliers, <laughs> Joe Rogan, etc. But as far as podcast download, this is a very, very popular podcast. So you can imagine we get hit with uh, we get hit with advertising opportunities all the time. You've never heard them. You've never heard. Hold up, wait a minute. I mean, actually, there w- that's not true. There was a couple episodes where somehow, uh, literally, I think it was a technical glitch through our hosting. Uh, We started getting some random advertisements, which were brought to our attention very quickly. We pulled them. And do we ever get paid for those, by the way? One million
0: dollars. Probably didn't even get paid for those. I think it went to an account somewhere. There you know. go. It was so automated. It was anyway. like a setting when we first set up the whole service, and then it yep. just turned on when we had enough listeners, and we didn't even know.
1: Eh, that was any- awkward. Yeah, that was awkward. But anyways, we pulled that. But we struggled with a long time because we financed this personally, and it does cost some money. And so... Then the kind of light bulb went off and said, why don't we actually sponsor this as a business endeavor for Jewel, our, our actual retirement planning wealth management firm? And so we did. And so our podcast is now sponsored by Jewel Financial. And if you are out there, if you are listening and you are thinking about a second opinion or we're seeing this a lot, you have an advisor and you're thinking, you know, am I getting the value that I'm paying for through this advisor and you just want a second opinion, hit us up and we'll give you a candid response. Sometimes we go, look, yeah, market stunk, but this guy, this gal's doing pretty good. I mean, you, you know, you got a good plan. You got a good allocation. Just stick with it, ride it out. And we'll, we're happy to give you that, that candid response. Other times we're like, look, you don't have to use us, but you need to fire this person (laughs) because this is not good. You know, that kind of thing. So, Hit us up. Love to uh, chat with you further about your situation and uh, go from there. Anything else shaking, Daniel? No. No? DIY Tribe's rocking, by the way, in Facebook. If you're still on Facebook, DIY Tribe is a closed group. Uh, I basically let anyone in, though. Unless they cause problems. I've kicked a couple people out. That's fair. Self-promote. They're like, oh, yeah, thanks for letting me in. Now buy this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nope, goodbye. So I do take uh, I do take a little bit of... Uh, whatever discretion on who stays in but pretty much all are welcome diy like tribe on facebook hit us up what else the website the blog are you going to write something on there soon or what probably We've Been kind of absent we need some cfp verbiage content well,
0: it just relaunched so
1: no by the time this airs it's been It'll out for been a while months i'll
0: have like five ar- no i won't hold them to it i won't have five Logan, you want to ghostwrite? <laughs> Kidding, of course. Nobody can hear you, so you can say whatever you want. You're not going
1: to believe this. No, I okay, I remember. I almost I almost once again forgot the, the name of the person that was having the, having the question. Yeah. I just talked about last episode that I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I don't know what everybody's thinking. I just write it down. That would be the easy solution. I know. So we got a question from Tina. Tina what do you got? DIY! Hi DIY Money, my name is Tina and I'm a huge fan of your show. My fiance and I are planning to purchase a home after we get married. We both make about 200k combined and we don't have any debt. With that in mind, how much should we be willing to spend on our house given our income level and how much should we target our monthly payment to be? Also, is putting 20% down always better, or is there a benefit in, say, putting 3% down and the rest in bonds or CDs a good choice? Thanks for all that you do. Look forward to hearing from you.
0: Great question. There's a lot of layers to this question.
1: I'm going to give you an answer, a blanketed answer. Daniel will go further in depth, uh, and it will unfortunately discourage you and probably price you out of a lot of <laughs> opportunity that's out there or lack thereof. I'm a believer in 30% of net take-home should be your mortgage payment.
0: 30% of net take-home. 30%. Of net. You go over that? Just mortgage the... payment or uh, taxes and insurance? Oh,
1: yeah, principal interest. Sorry, your your escrowed because most people will escrow. Yeah. Mortgage payment, so principal, in. interest, the taxes, that and interest. they insurance. make you pay. Mm-hmm.
0: Your you. monthly housing payment. Because you go to like Zillow and you look at home. Well, Zillow. I don't know. most of the, when you go online and you like start looking at stuff, it's like. Says, uh, you know, it'll cost this much, and then it's just the principal and interest, and then you add in taxes and insurance, and it's another three, four, five, six hundred bucks a month that you add on to that. Most people, when you just start shopping, you know, they get you, they get you, they get you. So thirty so percent—that's pretty good. If you take two hundred
1: thousand dollars, and let's say you take home seventy uh, percent of that after taxes, contributions, etc. I'm just roughly say saying that. That's $140,000 uh, divided by 12 is $11,667, and 30% of that is $3,500. That's actually a pretty good,
0: I think. That's high. That seems high, doesn't it? Yeah. Is it too high? I mean, for me, I would be uncomfortable with that. Well, it's 30% of the net take-home. Yeah.
1: Maybe I maybe I was too high in the net take-home, 20, 75%. I don't know. Yeah, 30% of well, your Well, that'd be taxes, then they do. Anyways, that's just that's just what I that's the rule of thumb, which is always dangerous of I hate rules of thumb when it comes to this. Well, uh, again, I think you need I think you need something in there. I'm really hoping that like in episode 5 I didn't say 20% of net take home or something like that. I don't think
0: so, but Somebody who's pinged this oh, week. Oh yeah, they'd be like, "No, in episode 7 you said 20%." So We've probably evolved on it we've done 400 episodes yeah and the housing market has changed dramatically the reality happens. though is that is what's creating the problem in
1: the environment that we're in there was one comment who said yeah the the wisdom is good except for people who live in high living you know high cost areas mm-hmm. um uh, that was a comment that was a legit comment and I and I I get that I honestly you, it's, I'm the wrong person to say that to because I would say move. I, I mean, and I mean, somebody would be like, I can't just move. I've moved three times in my life for dramatic life changes, career-driven changes. It's possible. Like, it can happen. I see it all the time. Uh, so. You know, the, the challenge is that might be where your jobs are. That is, you know, you can't leave because you're not going to get a job like that. And therefore, by making 200000 combined, you're just in an area that's going to have extremely high cost of living and, you know, et cetera. But I, I fall into that camp of 30%. Now, that kind of dovetails into the next, and I'll let Daniel talk further about the particulars there, though, is how much to put down to reduce that monthly payment. Now, yes, there's PMI, principal mortgage insurance, which uh, is, in my opinion, a a cost that is unnecessary, but some people can't put 20% down to avoid that or get 80% loan to value. We'll just leave that right there for people in real estate. You know what I mean? Uh, So PMI is something to try to avoid because it's an unnecessary expense, in my opinion, but sometimes you can't. If you have to put down a small amount uh, to get into a house, first-time homeowner, etc., uh, you don't have 20%, but if you do, and you have that ability to do that, thus taking your loan balance down, thus taking your payment down, you know that's a, that's a positive, in my opinion. It's all about cash flow, though. It's all about cash flow. It's all about what comes in versus what goes out and making sure that you maintain margin. Maintaining margin is critical because that's the only way you'll pay off debt and or build wealth. If you don't have margin, you're going to go backwards. So, that's my general rule of thumb. That's my view
0: on it. I'll let Daniel talk further about particulars. What say you, Daniel? For that rule of thumb, I would back out of your net pay. Any other debts too? Mm. Really? So, like, if you had student loan, well, maybe not car loans, unless you're. Some people really buy expensive cars and then saddle themselves. <laughs> what you're really trying to get to is is a reg- a reasonable like what portion of your reasonable living budget. So if you have like any kind of consumer debt, so credit card debt, car loans, things like that, um, student loans when you actually have to pay on them again, maybe. Uh, you know, those elements, you have to factor that in. So if you take 30% of your take-home pay, uh, what you're net receiving in your checking account effectively, and then you add on other elements of debt, say a $700 a month car loan and things like that, that's going to add up pretty pretty significantly pretty quickly so you just make sure you run those numbers now if you're in a high cost of living area hopefully you're being compensated for that and and so therefore that percentage might go up a little bit but your other fixed costs like groceries and things like that um, maybe not as much going to go up by percentage so you do have to localize it uh to to kind of what you experience and, and see what that looks like i mean i would really sit down and whether you meet with a planner or do kind of a plan on your own, see what the effects of that are in your, in your life and really understand how buying a house works in, into your other parts of your finances. So how much is that going to, uh, allow you to put away in a retirement account? And are you going to be able to meet your retirement account goals or is it going to be too tight? Is it going to hinder you from being able to do other things that you enjoy hobbies or traveling, um, having kids or, uh, funding kids activities and things like that the way you want to. So just understand the full scope of when you add in a housing payment plus maintenance and everything that comes with housing. Really what the kind of the scope of that is. I think people when they typically go housing shopping, they they sort of romantically buy a property, but they also kind of buy a payment, meaning that most people don't actually look at the the Price, price of the house. I mean, they do because at some point you have to. But by and large, because of our kind of financial system and the way you can get a thirty-year mortgage and put down whatever you want to put down and have PMI or don't have PMI, whatever, most people end up buying the payment, which I think is sort of dangerous because uh, depending on the price of the house also impacts your taxes and your insurance, and the size of the house impacts your maintenance and things like that. So really understanding the property and how that fits into your overall plan. And for most people, probably going a little bit more conservative will save you some stress in the long run. Trading down just a little bit. I know everybody probably wants the really nice top of their budget, everything. Um and sometimes people stretch for a house and it works out really well. Then houses go up 40% in 2 years and you're sitting on equity and life is grand. Um But a lot of times we've seen it work the other way, where people stretch to get into a house. Now they're stressed about their finances because they're right at that top limit. They've got debt, and then something happens with the roof or the AC or something in the first year or two. They weren't ready for that, and it just kind of becomes stressful. So just know, being a homeowner has stuff that comes with it.
1: If somebody were to ask me to sum up what made Brandy and I successful in our personal finances— I'm gonna segment this away from business because it's obviously it's helped that we've had a successful business over the years and a great team. But I would would say that in our personal life, it was uh, sacrifice, patience, and delayed gratification. Sacrifice in that. It's well put. Thank you. I was not completely of ignoring you, but I was thinking about a summary of oh, it's how good. to sum it up, but. The sacrifices early on in our marriage, I've, I've never lived in an environment other than 08 and 09 when houses were uh, readily available, but no one had any money. I've never lived in an environment where housing wasn't expensive. I mean, I, I get it now that we've seen this huge run up and now interest rates are up, but just in thinking back, like, I, I just I can remember my first house, and I was like, oh my gosh, like this payment is three times the rent I was paying. Like, wow, and I just... I don't know. It's always been that way. I know that, again, we've had this run-up, but I don't know. I've always looked back. It's been expensive, especially where I have been in life uh, as far as making money or lack thereof. But my wife and I made a decision very early. We were not—we refused to get caught up in the rat race. We just adamant—almost like almost like a point of pride to kind of buck it altogether. Now— that's easy to say and I realize people listen to this and you know maybe we re- maybe you resonate with that and you're glad to hear and it motivates you right now but it's hard it is difficult and I remember it vividly I remember having people over or nervous to have people over because we had this dinky house in a shady area and it was like the kitchen, living room, foyer, entrance was all the same room, you know. And our other friends were building beautiful new houses. And I, I just was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to do it. And then fast forward, we even when we could afford certain things, I wouldn't do it if the deal wasn't there. I, I mean, I wasn't going to do it, even though when we could afford a bigger and better home, I bought a fixer-upper because I just wasn't going to do that. So I knew at some point we would be able to have, the, the moons would align, the price point would be there, the opportunity would be there, the cash flow would be there. The ba- the, to be able to buy our dream home, it took 20-some years for that to transpire. And I was okay with that. Now we have it, and I love it. I love every minute. I love it, everything about it. Even the septic issues that we have sometimes, I'm like, you know what? These are my poop issues. I got it. It is your poop.
0: Could have done without that. <laughs>
1: uh, patience, sacrifice, and delayed gratification. We live in a we live in a world where I probably could boil down a lot of our problems to to people trying to get around that. And as long as you are patient, you sacrifice, and you have that delayed re- gratification, and obviously throw in a ridiculous work ethic. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna find success. You're gonna find what you want. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna do it on your terms and your time, and you're not gonna have to stretch and you're not gonna have to stress. And that's the key. That's the key. We got off topic
0: there, but I just think it's important to talk about. It's good. Good talk. Good chat. Good chat. Did we answer the question? I mean it's relative. It's very relative. Yes, you can put less down. You have to run those numbers. Cash flow is king. Yeah. Cash flow is king.
1: And I'll tell you right now, this is the last thing I'll say about this. The okay. bank is always going to tell you what you can afford. Do not listen to the bank. Do not. Do, oh, I've been approved for this much. They're the ones making on the money. I mean, whole. it's ridiculous. It's absurd. Now, they've gotten better, but I can remember over
0: the years, they would quote-unquote approve levels that are just absurd. That'd be like McDonald's telling me how many French fries I could eat in a exactly.
1: day. Exactly. Like, you could like, definitely you, supersize you this. You could totally no, have I cannot.
0: five orders of French fries. Do I the could. Only, do your own math. Right. Do your yeah. own math. Don't
1: let the bank tell you what you can afford because uh, they'll more than often than not give you a level that just will stretch you not in a good way. Too much stress. Too much stretch. No bueno. All right, friends. Remember, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one.